Hey there, this is Julie from Blended Life. Thank you for taking the time to download this episode of our podcast. I hope you find value in it. The truth is though, sometimes you need more than a podcast can offer to get unstuck and find peace in your blended family life. The struggle is real. So this is a personal journey I've been on for years, seeking peace in circumstances and with people I can't control. Becoming Heard was born out of this quest. As a certified life and health coach, I am passionate about helping others just like you and me free themselves from chronic upset and chronic crisis mode. Right now, I'm offering Blended Life listeners a one-on-one free breakthrough session with me. This call will give you clarity to see if coaching is right for you. Take advantage of this opportunity now by emailing me at becomingheardnow at gmail.com. I can't wait to connect with you. Hey everyone, I am Eric. My wife, Julie, is not here. We are the blended life. Hey, there she is. She is vacuuming, selling stuff, stuck in coffee lines. Tonight's topic (laughs) is going to be coping in your blended family. Is that right? Are you here? Are you with us now? Hi, you guys. Hey, Julie's here. This is my wife, Julie. I am Eric. We are the blended life. We are going a little crazy as usual in our blended family. I think most of you can relate to crazy, clear, I can't even say those words. Crazy blended family lifestyles. True story. Right? Yeah. So. Hi, guys. Sorry. How'd your uh, coffee run go? Um, well, you know, drive throughs all the rage. So I leave the house, you guys, with 45 minutes till we go on air. Plenty of time. Plenty of time. And it's what, like? It's a half a mile away. It's not even very far. It's a half mile away. In a small city. It's not like there's traffic or anything. Mm -hmm. And I had a raging headache before I left, and I'm like, maybe coffee will help. So I I run to Starbucks, and I'm in line, and I get stuck and literally in line for 40 minutes. Yeah. And um, it's just every order they got wrong. You know, it's just one of those things they're hiring. The the new girl was super, the new girl. I know she's new. She apologized to everyone (laughs) profusely. Like you heard her at the the ordering speaker just apologizing ahead of time. And, you know, my order is not right. I was going to say, did you even get your (laughs) coffee that you wanted? Um, No, I mean, it's a version. It's a version. It's whatever. I'll take what I get. How's your head doing? My head really hurts. I'm sorry. So if I'm, I might not be cussing as much tonight. Wow. Well, I just don't have the energy. <laughs> I'm okay. So tonight, go on and find us. But. Tonight's topic is coping. Yeah. In your blended family, mm-hmm. and where are we starting with that? Because we have so much to talk about. We made this list today over lunch. We did. Right. Well, here's the thing, right? Like, I feel like every question we get that that people are writing into us about. Mm-hmm. is a version of like, how do I cope? Because there's so much that's out of our control and there's a lot in our control too, you know? So, right. but everything ends with like, how do I get through this? And, you know, I kind of think a lot about blended families and, and it's so hard and it, there's so much that goes wrong mm-hmm. and there's so many people that are just so unhappy in their blended families you're talking and parents so, or kids or just well, the whole I'm, mix? I'm talking the feedback I get from adults, right? Mm-hmm. Adults who write in. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone just seems to be at their the end of their rope, you know. And it makes me so sad because I feel like... Hey, Chris. If you go on our website and you find our purpose, like why are we doing Blended Life, right? Yeah. I just had this. I just had this talk with someone last night that I was shooting with. And talking about that 70% failure rate on the second marriage or mm-hmm. third. Does, I wonder if it goes down. Does the, does the divorce rate rise like the number, that percentage? Like we're in a 70% mm-hmm. failure rate mm-hmm. as a second marriage. A third or fourth? It gets worse. Does right? it? Does it actually? I, I mean, I would assume it does. But I was having this discussion with someone yeah. because um, one of the realtors I was working with yesterday, she has a blended family, but... A house that I was shooting, the owners of the home were also a blended family, but not like you or I. 
they were a blended family because they had adopted kids. Yeah. And that was kind of cool. And they were actually selling their home to move across country because one of their kids was going to be a senior and wanted to have a senior year. And Florida is the only state, I guess, that's opening that's going to have kids go to school. So they're literally, as far as I can understand, moving across country so their kid can have a senior year in high school. Like, how cool what is that? What a lucky kid. Like, talk about some dedication. <laughs> Talking about being number one parents, right? Yeah. So that's kind of neat. That is awesome. Yeah, so our purpose, you know, for all of you who are just finding us for the first time or if you've listened to us for a while, um, you know, we talk about this idea of being a flashlight people. Right. And what does that mean? You know, um, it's kind of a, a term I came up with because I think that our job, you know, with the platform we have here is to light the way right? so that other people can avoid falling down you know Mm -hmm. we we don't know everything but we've lived a lot of life and we have a lot of experience under our belt Well, and that's why I feel like that's why we talk with a lot of our listeners and viewers Um, it's not to make us feel special or any different but it's to bring us all together so we can all talk about the situations because I'll tell you since we've been doing this you know we started doing this on air about a year ago we have talked with so many different diverse blended family situations that I didn't even know existed, you know, and it really opens up your eyes and opens up your mind to so many different um, possibilities and styles of blended families Mm -hmm. and the situations that happen with them. And, you know, just how everything, everything's different, you know, it's all the same, but it's so different. Right. You know, it's like your coffee, you go there and you order coffee. It's all coffee. But it's all so different. It's like Taco Bell. <laughs> Same thing? Same thing, yeah. different. <laughs> it really different is. Packaging. I love me some Taco Bell. Um, yeah, you know, but if we can teach, you know, it, hopefully people can learn from our mistakes. Right. You know, and our other hope here, right, is to start conversations. You know, let us be a catalyst that starts conversations that you guys finish in your own home. Because... Blended family life is way too diverse. There's no silver bullet. So whatever you guys, you know, may we might spark a conversation, but finish it in your own homes. You know, right. what is the solution for your family? You know, maybe we can present something that is a, a suggestion that you hadn't thought of, which leads to a different idea. Um, you know, and I just think it's such an isolating thing, blended family life. You know, a lot of people don't have... A support system. So that's like the number one thing for coping, I think, is just having a support system. We'll finding, be your support system. Well, just finding people who are in it too. And even if they can't, I mean, they can't, they're not in your shoes. So it's hard for anyone to really fully understand what you're going through if they're not walking your walk. But, you know, there is some sort of level of understanding when you're involved right. in a blended family and even though all the moving pieces and all the cooks in the kitchen and all the different issues that arise. So, you know, I just want to talk about coping tonight and how you can make it not so dreary, dismal. Yeah, so you don't feel miserable. Alone. Everyone, I feel like everyone copes with things their different way. You and I definitely do. We're such different people like that. I mean, we're married, we're one, but we we cope so so differently. Married for now. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm making one of your jokes. I know. My my soon to be future ex-husband. That's your I'm next not shirt. Your soon to be future ex-husband? <laughs> no, it's like You're a it's a saying. Beer. It's a saying. You know, that there's there goes my future ex-wife, you know. Anyways, <laughs> Isn't she cute? Isn't she adorable? Or what's Uh, your word? Dorbs? Yeah, adorbs. But, you know, I, well, I just, I'm totally going to interrupt and interject, but. With my silliness? Yeah, no, I just don't think blended family, being in a blended family is a life sentence of misery. It shouldn't be. That's not the point of it. But that is, you know, that is kind of like a lot of people are stuck there right now. Right. A lot of people are stuck that. You know, I am in this blended family and therefore I'm sentenced to just a fucking horrible life. Here we go, you guys. Julie's feeling better. Um, But that's like where people are at and it's, it doesn't have to be, I don't think it has to be that way. Well, no, not at all. But here's the thing. It is such an easy, 
hole to fall down. And there. <laughs> Sorry, you said hole. What the fuck is so funny about hole? Anyways. What is funny it about is, hole? Everything's funny about it. I know. I'm trying to be serious here. So it is seriously, it, it is, it's a rabbit hole that you can fall down that is so easy. I mean, it really, like everyone has been there. I feel like, you know, I mean, unless you're that special unicorn people that we've talked about. Mm-hmm. You have been to that place where you're like, man, this is so impossible. Why am I doing this? You know, you're, you're, you're up to your, you're just, you're just at your wits end with your kids, with your stepkids, with your spouse, with life, with work. And you're just like, what am I doing? You just want to scream. You want to pull out your hair. It's you a want very to run away. Real existence and I'm sure, live, yeah. I'm sure nine out of 10 of you right now, like I'm probably talking to you right now. You're like, yes. I'm there or yes, I've been there really recently and it's such an easy thing to get caught up in. So what we need to do is figure out how do we change that? And I feel like you and I have gotten a lot better at changing that. And mm-hmm. um, again, like we're always talking about communication, communication is such a huge thing, mm-hmm. but also learning uh, how to communicate with your spouse and know when they're in that place, you but know. But you and and something that people talk all day long about communication, and it's that's we a special do. thing. <laughs> so special, <laughs> but you can't communicate with somebody you don't know. Like every your spouse is going to have their own communication style, right? You know, some people you can joke with, some people you can't. Yes, I'm nodding. (laughs) Big nods, you guys. You know, some people you can be super direct with and give tough love. Some people you have to fluff a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. You know, some people need a fluffer. (laughs) Yes, I am. I am a fluffer. Um, And so I, you know, you, you really, to be a successful communicator in marriage, right, you have to know your audience. You have to know your spouse and how you can communicate with them effectively because yes, you can talk to them and you can yell at them and you can cry, you know, you can nag, you know, but is all that effective or constructive? Yeah. And it's, it's just a waste of breath and emotion and energy if not. Right. And it's not effective. So I think, you know, before you can really even give communication a try, you really have to learn who your spouse is. Yeah. And that's a, that's, is such an important thing. Um, and if you feel like you're struggling if something like that, um, a lot of people aren't up for therapy. <laughs> a lot of people are, you know, like you're all about therapy, right? <laughs> what is that? My therapy dance. <laughs> um, you know, but there's also, there's so many other things that you can do. I mean, you can do um, couples uh, retreats, which is kind of a neat thing. You could. L- I've never been to a couples retreat. I yet. was once. And? And it was it didn't work I, out. No, you know what? <laughs> Thinking back. I, yes. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for pointing that out. Um, no, you know what? That was years before. I'm just um, I would love to. So anytime. You know what? I'm know. looking back on. On the past, in hindsight, it was pretty neat. They do give you a lot of tools. Yeah. You have to really be open to using them. And I think at the time I was partially there. I was at like I was like a, I was 60 percent there. Yeah, right. You, know? you were more 40% there. 60. I was probably, yeah. I was probably, yeah. Knowing My you. My glass was half empty. Knowing you. Um, you know, it was, but there was some weird stuff too. I was also young. I was in like my, my, probably my mid twenties, you know? So it wasn't my thing. I wasn't there spiritually. I wasn't there, um, maturely, you know, I just, it wasn't what I was looking for. Now looking back, like I said, it, they do give you a lot of good tools. You can have a lot of fun with it. I'm not a big, you know, group activity guy. So I didn't love that part of it. And I think that really turned me off. But there was times, you know, like, you know, they teach you how to do dinner dates and, um, well, kind of where learn. the fuck is all that oh that you've learned? I took you on a dinner date last night. I'm just saying. What, like, it, no, the night you, before. Are you implementing these tools in our marriage? Yes, I am. I'm using a lot of these things. Can you tell me more? I took more? you on a sunset romantic. It was wonderful. Now, what other tools did you learn besides <laughs> dinner dates? I took you on that earlier today. I'm no, just kidding. <laughs> oh. Um. Anyways. <laughs> so I feel like you get creative, you guys. There's lots of tools out there. There's lots of help out there if... Couples therapy isn't your thing. 
Um, find a small group if you're in church. Uh, find couples that are they're uplifting. They have the same morals as you. You know, if you're in church, find people. To, you, I feel like whoever you surround yourself with, and it's not me that feels like this. Everyone feels like this. It's a normal thing. If you surround yourself with people, you're going to you surround people surround yourself with people that you want to be like you know if you want to be a drug addict and an alcoholic you go surround yourself with those kind of people you got a good chance that you're going to be able to get into that type of stuff yeah you know well it's no different like you you express to your kids like parents tell their kids all the time that their friend group matters and parents really try to control that my parents it it matters who your friends hang out with or your kids hang out with. It's yeah. no different when you're older, right? Like if you want to be a successful business person, you better start befriending people in that industry. You know, if you want to be a volunteer, you're going to go figure out hanging out with volunteers and figuring out how to do that. You know? Yeah. My parents used to tell me this quite a bit and I didn't understand it as a young kid or even a teenager. And I had friends of all walks of life. And the neat thing is my parents let me, see who they are. They didn't completely seclude me. You know, they weren't like, yeah, you can't hang out with that kid because he's bad news, but something would happen with that kid. And they'd be like, you know what? You're not hanging out with that kid for a little while. And they would kind of pull in the reins a little bit. And after a while you start seeing that your parents care, but you start seeing the mistakes that these kids are making and seeing that your kids are right. And I think it was a really good way of parenting rather than just cutting the kid off completely, Mm -hmm. you know, and be like, nope, they're bad news. You cannot be around them. You know, if you're a parent and you're struggling with your kids wanting to be around, um, bad influence kids, maybe don't cut them off completely, but allow that kid to come over to your house for a little while, you know, shed some, shed some light onto their life, you know, let them see what your lifestyle looks like. And it might turn them off. You know, there were kids that would come over sometimes that were like, nah, this is too goody two shoes for me. You know, I mean, we weren't, (laughs) We weren't that type of family, (laughs) but they were just like, it's too controlling around here. I can't be around here. You know, these were the kids that were, you know, by seventh grade smoking weed and, you know. Oh, that your family was too goody two shoes. I'm sorry. I was. You're thinking our family? I was thinking that you were inviting people over and your family was like, these kids are too goody two shoes. They need to go. No. It'd be kind of funny. So, you know, I just, yeah. 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 (laughs) Okay. Your notes. Come on. Oh, I thought you were still going. I am. I have to be tonight. Yeah. Well, we said last week, and I think that this is really un- uh, underline, like circle, underline, highlight, sticky note this. Your marriage is the core relationship of your blended family. Right. So if you are having a hard time coping in your blended family, focus on your marriage first. And I'm not just talking about the relationship because that is important too, but I'm talking about even like we were discussing in the beginning, you know, communication because everything that you two have to decide, like you two are setting up how your blended family is going to go, right? Values, goals, rules, discipline, reward system, Um, where we're doing family vacation, you know, what is our family health going to look like, income, finances. I mean, your entire family structure begins and ends between you and your spouse. And if that is a broken relationship or a relationship that is um, at an impasse at any point or, you know, then every that ripple effect is going to go out into the kids, you know, um, into their relationships with each other, their relationships with their step parent. And, um, it really matters, you know, that you really focus on your marriage and making sure that you guys are on the same page as much as possible. The wonderful thing about being in a blended family is that you have a teammate right off the bat. And I don't think that it's utilized. You like also that. have an opposing team right off the bat. <laughs> But it shouldn't, but you know what I mean? I I do, I do. Like the great thing, like a lot of people who struggle in life and who feel isolated genuinely are alone, right? They feel like they have no one to talk to. Um, And the great thing about being in a marriage is that you have a built-in teammate. And in a blended family, like that is, if you're having a hard time, your spouse should know about it. Yeah, they should be able to recognize that too. I feel like... 
um, learning your spouse, getting to know your spouse, one of the most important things that you can work on right off the bat is learning your spouse, getting to know who they are, but being able to recognize signs, uh, situations, feelings. Um, even if your spouse says nothing, you should be able to know if you walk into a situation, if your spouse is uncomfortable, um, to change, move, leave the situation. Like you should be able to know these types of things without having to put them through it or you guys sit through this whole situation, come home later and now it's an issue or has just completely thrown them off. And I think that's such a wonderful point that because I think that where blended families go astray a lot and it's different than a natural family, right? Because you have exes you're dealing with and you have stepchildren. And a lot of times spouses are expected to put their comfort aside for the ex or for the stepkids. And I think there is some of that that is necessary, like it just is what it is. But a lot of that I feel like your spouse should step up and protect you from and not put you in situations that are uncomfortable to you. That's my, yeah, that's my point. And that's, yeah. And I think that that, if you can stop any bitterness, you know, that's how you can help your spouse not have to cope with being miserable by not putting them or asking things of them that are unreasonable or unrealistic. And also that just makes them want to crawl out of their skin. Um, And, one of the other just big, uh, I think everyone knows it, but one of the big biggest things I see that can help a marriage this day and age is putting down your phone. You know, there's so many times that couples spend time together that, uh, I mean, you and I do it. We have our phones up, you know, we're sitting right next to each other, but we are or riding, you know, down the freeway in the car and someone's got their phone up or, you know, there's just, there's so much lost communication and opportunity there and about to be a lost dog because I'm going to open the door and just let him run free. Our littlest dog got out today, pushed up, opened the garage door. He did? Yeah, and I'm outside working and there's another dog walking down the street and he runs out with his hackles up, just freaking out on this other dog. Our littlest? Yep, I was so angry at him. Did he, was it? Escaped. It was okay? Yeah, it was fine. The, The owner was... He was very, very concerned that our little dog was going to hurt his big dog. And what did the big dog do? <laughs> cowered away with the owner. <laughs> I'm like, and he wasn't even barking. He wasn't even like being like super naughty. He was just like, I think he's just like, wow, I'm free. I don't even know what to do with this, you know? But like I, the owner was like hiding behind his dog. It was kind of funny. I'm like, dude, this guy's bigger than I am. He's all afraid of this little thing. It's a little tiny chihuahua dog. Anyways, silly. Oh, silly. I was just thinking about what they were going to do when I let them free. Oh, my gosh. So. Um, so if you have a problem, though, in your blended family, you know, your marriage is perfect. You're communicating great. Something comes up. That <laughs> Write us. Let us know how you're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's a problem that comes up. Let's talk about coping when there's actual problems that you have to face. <laughs> Head in the sand. No. Well. Oh. I think one really beneficial way to help you cope with big problems, right, is to not be overwhelmed. So, you know, a statement like, my stepkid hates me, that's a very big, broad, all-encompassing, doomsday way to to say what you think, your perception, right, and a problem. Right. So may I suggest that you break problems down. You know, maybe not make them so big. And if you feel they're so big, then write it down and then start to break it apart. We're going to dissect them? Well, you just break it down so that you break it into pieces and then you deal with each piece of the problem one at a time. And it makes okay. it not so huge and not so insurmountable to deal with. So that's good. Yeah. My like stepkid hates me. You know, first thing you need to say is why? Like, what makes me think that? Yeah. And maybe to, list a few examples or come up with, like, wh- how you got to that huge But maybe problem. not even go so big. Like, is hate, is that even what it really is? Like, does my stepkid wish that I would step out in front of a bus and then get hit by a train? Some stepkids Some do, but, you know, I mean, like, it, are, am, are we walking off a short pier? You know, taking a long walk off a short pier, you know? Or is it really not that big of a deal? Does my stepkid 
disapprove of me or disagree with me or is my stepkid in um you know do, do we have a little bit of a battle between us or is my stepkid just still adjusting and doesn't know what's what yet you know you guys it takes two to five years right they say two to five years for a blended family to kind of fit, find its way to be a solidified blended family so you know I mean that's it that's a long time you know kids have to adjust and adapt and you know in the beginning I think step parents are more of like a a fun person like in the beginning when you're dating it's all honeymoon well in the beginning it's like your stepkids your step parents usually come in as like an aunt or an uncle like someone who's fun someone who adds to the experience of whatever you're doing but not the really disciplining when you're dating right well because well you're also you're kind of dating the kids too a little bit too at that point you're you're learning them so you're probably going out a little bit more. You're having a little bit more fun. You know, you are really, you're learning each other. Right. So. So I think that, you know, but so when stepkids are first introduced to step parents in the dating scene, right, it's very, very different. So what they're, what they're being exposed to and learning about this person after marriage. Sorry, you guys. Becomes completely flipped upside down, right? So now fun Auntie uncle kind of like person is now turned into a parent. Di- <laughs> uncle dis- Joe's doing mommy. <laughs> but you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like their roles become very different and kids have to adjust to that. Like they have to relearn that this fun loving person is now like in control and can discipline. And right. that's you know, that's hard. Like it, it takes time to adjust that. So I think that when you have a big problem, such as I, my stepkids don't like me, um, you know, I think you have to break it down and take it apart and kind of dissect problems little by little, you know, um, a difficult co-parenting situation. We get this written in all the time. How do you cope with the difficult co-parenting situation? You know, I think again, don't make it bigger than it is. Put it in its own box, and don't give it don't give it so much credence that it all like of a sudden power. turns or power that it turns into your topic of dinner or that car ride we were talking about or right before bedtime. You know, just deal with it when you can. Maybe not even at that exact moment. You know, if you're getting ready to go to bed and your ex is texting you or emailing you, maybe you go. You know what? I'm going to deal with this tomorrow and you put it down and you deal with it tomorrow because like we've said, you don't owe the, unless it's some major emergency and you guys know the situations, you don't owe them an explanation or an answer immediately ever. So take your time. Think of how you're going to respond. Don't let it affect what you've got going right now. Otherwise they have a foothold in your current life. And that's kind of why we're not in the situation anymore. Right? Yeah, you know, I think that not every fight has to be attended, you know, not every um, text require or email requires a response, you know, um, some things you don't even have to respond to, right? Right. If you ha- are dealing with a difficult ex, a difficult co-parenting situation, you know, all you can, you know, <clears throat> you just have to be as black white short tall sweet no you just you keep it on topic you don't engage beyond what is necessary you keep it as short as possible you know um but not rudely again we've talked about this not don't be so short that you're being rude you know don't give the answer k you hate that more than anything and a black thumbs up be like you know what sounds fine um thanks for letting me know you know yeah, you know, and also I think with you you just you have to put it in its place. Co-parent, a co-parent shouldn't rule your world. A co-parent shouldn't have so much power over you that it's ruining your day. Um and I've been there. I know how easy it is to let that happen. I've worked on it. I don't know if I'm getting better. Eh. Eh. Easier said than done, you know, but But it takes time. You have to put it in its place. I think every issue that you come across in blended family life has a place. 
And nothing should be front and center in your life other than your spouse, your God, you know, your family, like your family in your house. You know, we let so many external things kind of rule us. And it really does a disservice to our priorities and to our values. And it makes us crazy if you guys, and feels makes us feel out of control. Right. If you, you know? And if you guys are feeling that way, maybe step one is sitting down with, you know, your spouse or even by yourself, but figuring out what those external um, problems are or distractions that are keeping you from being happy. You know, is it... Is it your best friend that comes over for coffee every single morning when you're trying to get ready, you know, or get the kids ready? Um, you know, is it your your brother-in-law comes over and hangs out with your husband every evening and you guys never have alone time? You know, is it the neighborhood kids that's running in and out? Is it social media? I mean, I can go on about things that can be so distracting, Yeah, you know, um, but start pinpointing what they are. Like, what do you feel is like a distraction from keeping you and your family from better happiness and your goals and start listing those and, um, writing them down and figuring out, all right, is this something that I can live with or is this something that I can really get rid of? You know, it's really um, good advice. You yeah. know, is it, is, is it alcohol? You know, is it, is it keeping you from being where you want in life and is that something that you can live without because there's I feel like everyone has distractions at some point in time Mm -hmm. and especially this day and age social media has been such a distraction some of us absolutely need it I mean this is what our businesses run off of you can't have a business today you you just don't exist if you don't have social media right but just because you have a business that runs off of social media does that mean that you need to be on it 24-7? Or, you know, Christmas morning, is it okay to put down your phone and enjoy the family all morning, you know? Or you're out at the lake with your family. Is it okay to put down your phone for that afternoon, you know? Or do you have to have your phone with you the entire time? So there's so there's just so many distractions, and I'm sure you guys have thought of, 20, well, and you people know, abuse a lot when they're trying to cope, right? They right. abuse, they abuse alcohol and drugs right off the bat. You think of those as like what? Do, what do people abuse? I was gonna say hookers and blow, but but really, people use like food. Uh, yeah, you know, especially Absolutely. with COVID right now, everyone's just eating their feelings. The COVID twenty. I started yeah. making fun of my friends for having COVID twenty. But one of my buddies was like, no, it's like the COVID 40. (laughs) Dang, dude. But, you know, there's that. Right. There's, you know, people abusing sleep. Mm -hmm. You know, they're just sleeping their their days away because they're depressed. You know, people are shopping beyond their means. You know, feels really good to buy something. But if you're in debt, how good is that going to feel later? You know, you've been um, abusing exercise. How's that going? My body I'm, hurts. I'm really proud of you. Like you've Aww. been working very hard. This girl gets up every morning and she runs or rides her studio bike or, and then you do like core workouts and stuff, but you've used the time to find um, a healthier lifestyle rather than coping with um, silly things, you know? Yeah. Sleep or food or and I'm just well, I'm proud of you for that. Thanks. I appreciate it. Hi Mary. That, welcome you know. to the live show. And some things people, you know, one thing that I was reading about and it kind of like it kind of sat with me and I'm still wrestling with it because something that people also abuse to try to deal with coping. These are unhealthy unhealthy coping mechanisms we're discussing right now. So we said alcohol, drugs, food, sleep, money. I said hookers and blow. Hookers blow. I don't even know if any of that exists. I don't think here. hookers come to your house. You have to wear a mask. I don't even think they exist in our weird little small town. I've yes, never, they do. Really? I've never like like I've never <laughs> I mean, seen I don't anything know. like that. You see all this stuff in movies, you guys, right? <laughs> and then I feel like you go outside and it's like this is totally different. I have never in my life like in our area seen a hooker. Like I've I've only seen them in like driving down the street of Vegas. Pretty woman. Yeah, like like shows like that. You're like, this is all, this is all fake. It doesn't exist. Anyways. It's subtly and it's it, hookers don't look like what you think hookers look like. 
what the movies portray them to be. Yeah, they're not wearing cute little right mm, because in that's small, not true. The ones in Vegas totally did. We're driving down like Fremont well, Street. I'm Vegas. like, whoa. We're talking like <laughs> I, was, I was younger. Ro- we're talking where we live. Yeah, you I know? remember being like like probably 16, 17 and being like driving, you know, in the car with my parents and be like, oh my gosh, I've seen that on a movie before. Have you gotten the cards? Oh gosh. They were everywhere, everywhere. Um, so Vegas, good times, except for right now, not good times in Vegas. A little, yeah, a little better, but yeah. Well, okay. So I have one more thing that I was reading about and I kind of like, so somebody posed that uh, an unhealthy coping mechanism that a lot of people do is overventing. Oh. You know, and it's one thing, and I'm, the more I'm processing this, because I'm a very big person, like, I'm a big person. It's very true. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm a giant. Um, no, I, I'm a very big proponent of talking and therapy and counseling and all the things and that's we're here talking right now right but they they suggested that when you overvent and I guess this would be you know you have a friend who every time you talk to them is bitching about the same thing or you go to that friend because that's your person that you complain to but it's the same complaint for like a year like granted you know what i mean like they're just it's the same thing give me an example are we talking like we're complaining about weight or we're complaining about our spouse it is weight it is you know if you're so unhappy put down the cheeseburger go for a walk right like at some point i want for a walk and get a cheeseburger right win-win you guys um, yeah, I'm talking about weight or I'm talking about being in an abusive relationship. Look, abuse cycles are really hard to break. I'm not, you know, and sometimes it's just a cry for help. But with this person, I don't even want to get into this. But with, Oh, there's what, actually a person? This is no. a real person? Well, what I was reading, somebody wrote an article and I was reading it because it caught my eye and they suggested that overventing actually keeps you stuck because okay. you never move on from it. Like you... If you keep talking about the same thing and never move on from it, right, you're kind of just stuck in your unhappiness and that is what you're thinking about. That's what you're talking about. The feedback you're getting is about the thing that's making you unhappy and usually it's friends who are like, well, here's one that I can, know. I feel like a lot of people vent about that I've heard probably the most besides spouses. You hear people vent about spouses all that. the time. If your if your friends are venting about their spouses, try to give them constructive criticism. Don't buy into it and don't put down their spouse with them. And if you're that person that likes to vent about your spouse, try to stop doing that because all that is is detrimental to your relationship and to your relationship with your friend because now when your friends around, they're not liking your spouse and it's just becoming It's true. I was talking to my friend on a hike yesterday about this very thing. Yeah. Because we were discussing this. I don't even know how we got on that topic. But she said that she's very, she doesn't, she'll talk to her girlfriends a little bit, you know, because we all have things we want to work through. Like, you know, I'm unhappy about this. What do I do with their spouse? But she's like, I don't like to talk to my friends about my spouse. And I, we were discussing, I'm like, yeah, I mean, because chances are, unless it's weird, like your, your friends aren't hanging out with your spouse one-on-one. Right. To get their own like relationship, friendship with them aside from you. So right. all they know about really is what you say. And if all their input about your spouse is negative, you know, it's it's going to be hard for them to be around and supportive and embrace your spouse. And, you know, you do need a good tribe, a good support group to help your marriage and encourage your marriage and your friends to want you to stay married and not do bad things, you know? Yeah. So it does matter. It's it totally matters. To be on your bandwagon. My bandwagon wasn't even going there. That was an oh. obvious thing. <laughs> what people complain about the most probably is work. I feel like so many people complain about work and work life and work situations and this person at work and the dogs won't stop barking at work and it's just annoying. And... How do you fix that? You know, do you uproot and just like, I'm out? Well, I had a coworker 
and our our work was very stressful and a lot happened in a day and she so she would come home every day and just bitch about work you know and she actually shared with me that her husband had to sit her down and say listen you have 10 minutes when you walk through that door Dang. for 10 minutes. Cause he got fed up. Like, yeah. I mean, if this is your night, every time your spouse comes home, they're unhappy and complaining about work for hours. You get sick of it. Why didn't he let me know this advice way sooner? <laughs> I would have so, given you the same, the same options. Well, no, you would get mad cause I didn't tell you what was going on. Oh, yeah. And I'd find out later because I was also wrapped up in it, but anyways, um, that's a different story. But so her husband was finally was like, you have 10 minutes. It might have been 20. I don't know. But I think it was 10. It was like he put a time starting limit. to watch now. He put a time limit and he's like, I will sit here and get like, listen to you undivided attention. Right. You have this amount of time to get it all out. After that it is we're leaving it at the door and we're going to enjoy our night together Good. and our dogs and our family or whatever we're going to do. We're going to do it. You know, get it out because he appreciated that she needed to vent. But then he put a boundary around it. Which is cool. Boundaries are good. Well, that's a, you know, that's a, so a healthy coping mechanism for stepkids, exes, co-parenting, whatever it may be. You know, creating healthy boundaries is like the number, I mean, other than your marriage first, right? such an important coping mechanism to make you feel like you're not miserable, right? It, 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 you have to create healthy boundaries. It's your home too. Right. You know, it is, it is your home and you have a right to have rules and to feel comfortable. You know, I think one thing a lot of step parents have a hard time with, um, and I think we both have may have felt this. I have, I'm sure you have too, like in the beginning, especially was like feeling like a visitor in your home, like feeling like a lot you're of times that happens when yeah, when your kids aren't home and yeah. the stepkids are home. Right. And you're just like, "Oh man, I'm a third wheel," you know? Or It doesn't feel like you belong. Right. Or you're constantly walking over or tiptoeing around, you know, you're just yeah, I I get it and I think a lot of people understand that feeling, you know, but how do you change that? What do you do differently to feel like you belong in your own home? Well, I think that it is creating boundaries. I think people feel like strangers in their home because of different parenting styles, because they don't parent the kids the same. The kids don't have all the same expectations and rules and discipline. You know, the kids aren't in the trenches together. And so when one set of kids gets a different life than the other set of kids and you haven't come together really in parenting all the kids together when you haven't done that as a couple then you know when the other kids are here what you say feel act want doesn't really matter because the other parents in control and you're not you you don't have you're not in it you don't have skin well, in the game okay but here's you know? here's the the opposite side of that coin, the the other side is what about taking yourself out of your own comfort zone and out of your own comfort level and um, inserting yourself and not in a negative way, but in a way that, you know, if your stepkids and um, spouse are going to go do something and it's maybe not your normal thing that you like to do or you like to be a part of getting out of your comfort zone and going and being a part of it with them, you know, or, you know, it. I hear what you're saying, but no, (laughs) just kidding. No, I hear what you're saying. You want, you want the other person to just jump in, but the other person's never going to jump in if they don't feel safe doing so. Right. So I think it's a give and take. Well, it's just, if the other person doesn't feel like they, belong or they feel like an outsider then they're not going to want to jump in right so what what do you need to change in that point or you know at that point in time like does it need to be your spouse that's already involved in an activity pulling the other person in who feels like the outsider or does it what's that look like um i think you have to just 
I don't know. I think it's situational. I think that you go do something that the person would feel comfortable doing. If you want, if you want someone to join you and you're say you're going to go mountain biking down a hill at a hundred miles an hour and you're trying to take someone who's never biked before. Right. And then you're pissed that they don't want to go. Right. Why don't you just come with us? Well, they don't feel comfortable. They don't have the gear or the equipment. They can't keep up with you. They don't want to get left behind. They don't want to ruin your time. You know, like, so if you want to have someone included, then you need to go do something that everyone can be a part of. But what if it's like, okay, you know, we've got the right stuff for you. We've got the right equipment. Maybe we go start on this little bunny hill. You know, is that asking too much or is that... Because I feel, I feel like there's a lot to be left out of, you know. Yeah. If you don't ever go try and you don't ever step out of your comfort zone, um, there's just how are you ever gonna well, meet at the same place? How are you ever gonna know that? I think, but I think it goes both ways, right? Like totally. it does take step parents stepping up and doing things. It also is needs to be okay for a step parent not to go, right? Like, it has to be okay, like, okay, so you don't want to do this. Let's find something that we can do together. Right. What do you want to do? Right. But see, that, so that's the point, though, is that there needs to be something that you want to do. It can't always be leaving out the other person. Otherwise, you never mesh. You never blend. If it's always like, nah, you and your kids go do it. I'd never want to be a part of that. But I think that you're dealing with stuff outside, like your like activities, you know, and I think that. What about movie? I mean, maybe simple things, comes, movie watching. Maybe that comes, I think that all falls into place. You, I think you soften a person when you're on the same page with like values, rules, discipline, like the basics of parenthood. You know, when you are on the same page with your spouse and the basics, I feel like the ripple effect there, like things just kind of fall in place a little bit easier. You get less resistance you see, you know, you see your family more as like a family unit. So you're willing to do more. I right. think it naturally happens. But when, you know, the foundation is cracked and you're not solidified in the basics of parenthood with your spouse, you know, and then you're just all these extracurricular things, you know, you're just don't understand. Well, mm-hmm. you have to go back to the root of the problem. Right. You have to fix like... The underlying issues, you know. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I'm just, you know, how do you, it's just, a, it's. You so it's wish the, somebody would want to be, like, yeah, we all how, wish yeah, that somebody just wanted to do what we want to do. No, but I'm like, we need to figure out things that everyone wants to do. Or maybe you don't want to do, but you just go do it because that's. There's that too. That's part of, that is part of being in a blended family. It totally is. It's just part of it. Just going to things that you don't want to do or being places you don't want to be. Absolutely. And not because they are toxic places or um, non-healthy places. Just because you're uncomfortable there, you know, or don't have a dog in the fight, you know. I mean, it's like going to, it's like going to when school used to exist, (laughs) going to awards assembly for your stepkids, you know. It's like, do I really need to go there? You know, and I feel like a lot of people used to struggle with that, (laughs) you know, but showing up and we talked about this a long time ago, but just showing up even when it's not your thing is does so much good for your blended family. Yeah. You know, showing up to sporting events for your stepkids or, um, you know, to watch your husband or your wife do something, you know, if you're doing live streaming of, you know, uh, art that you're so talentedly doing, you know, and it's like, art's not my thing, but I'm going to sit there and I'm going to watch you paint live, you know, just showing up. And I feel like not only for your blended family, but for your friends, for your family, people that you care about, you know, show people that you care about, that you care about them by showing up. Well, support's a really important thing. And supporting, you know, when you're having a hard time coping, two things here that will help you cope. And I think one we kind of touched on was, and not said it, but acceptance. You know, I think some things you're not going to change and what you just need to accept it is what it is. 
you know, my wife's never going to love going down the side of a mountain at 100 <laughs> miles an hour on a bike. You start or, saying going down, and then I'm like, wait, what? What? Are we, what? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Some wives will never love that. Some wives really like it. Some wives really like it. And um, some wives are bad at it. Some wives are good at some it. Some wives are going to crash, so make sure they're wearing their helmets. Yeah, wear protection. Wear protection. When you're so. going down. But I yeah. think some things are just, you know, you you have to accept it. You know, you can spend every waking day of your marriage upset at your wife for not wanting to go mountain biking. What Why are we not? talking about mountain biking it's still? A, it's just, it's, it's a, a weird metaphor. Because you can, okay, my point is you can either accept that your wife's not going to do this and figure out something else and move on and not let it ruin it, or you can, your choice is to spend every day resentful, bitter, and upset that your wife's not going to do this. You have a mountain bike. You want to go mountain biking this weekend? (sighs) So I think in blended families, a coping mechanism is just accept the things that you cannot change. You know, you can spend your entire day life upset about things. That's your choice. Or you can figure out something else to do, distract yourself with more positive things. Um, and right? I, I think yeah. acceptance is a really huge thing that people don't love because everybody's like, but, 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 but what about this? But what about this? But they did this. And it's like at the end of the day, some things are just, <laughs> it is what it is. It is what it is. Stop being upset about it. Yeah, Move or, on. or stop pointing the finger at everyone else and looking at what everyone else is or isn't doing and look at what you're, you are or you're not doing, you know, mm-hmm. and stop comparing it. And it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like if, if they're doing a hundred miles an hour going down on each other or you're doing a hundred miles down on or each going other? down a mountain, <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's what, what you were talking about happening? a while ago, you know? It doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> it's, just, it's all it's all silly. Anymore. I can't. You can't. I can't. Anyways, next week, I've got our topic all figured out next week. But we, we didn't go with the second thing. What's the second thing? No, I forgot. Oh, my gosh. You I'll remember see. while you're teasing next week. I'll think about. Next week, we're going to talk about hygiene in <laughs> blended families. <laughs> really, though. <laughs> I'm talking about like what are we your doing? kids, your stepkids, you know, what are Why are we talking about hygiene? Because I mean all of our this all of our kids have different rooms in different styles. All of our kids have different bathing habits in different styles. You and I share a room. We have different bathing habits and um you know, I mean like one kid gets in a car and you'd never know that they were there. Another kid gets in the car and you literally need to just burn the thing and go get a new one when you're done. You know, I think hygiene in blended families is such a thing that's not, it's thought about, but you never really, it never really surfaces. So how do you get a family to all be on the same level of hygiene or cleanliness or organization I mean, one kid comes in and throws their backpack and all their papers on the couch where everyone sits, and the other kid, you know, takes it and hangs up their backpack where it goes and puts all their papers away in their desk, and you know what I mean? Like, there's so many different dynamics. How do we get our kids, I feel like it's simple parenting, but how do we get our kids and our blended family to all be on the same page when it comes to hygiene? Why do you have that silly look on your face? What a DJ Khalid? Yeah. With the circle toothbrush? I don't know that one. It's the commercial where the the guy's brushing his teeth and are you waiting for like your coach? And it's DJ Khalid. Is that his name? <laughs> yeah. And he I, sits there and he's brushing his teeth. He's like, small circles. And he brushes his teeth again. No? You don't no, know what I'm talking about? No, sorry. Oh my gosh. It just reminds me of that. Um. Anyway. Round two? Round two. What's round two? Well, I mean, we don't have round two, but okay, I... Okay, you guys. No, 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 no. So uh, really quick, like uh, other coping mechanisms that we haven't talked about, which are just, you know, for situations, like if you're in a situation that you can't change, but you need to cope. So this is called self-care, right? You're going to exercise because that really does change everything. It changes your mood, your brain chemistry, it helps. It helps get it out. You're going to maybe journal, 
write it down, get your feelings out. It is super important that you do not keep it in and you get it out. So even if it's wicked and vicious, write it down, get it out, burn it if you don't want it found. Um, Also meditate, do something relaxing and calming. So you might need to step back from a situation before you respond to your spouse or your stepkids. You know, maybe you go take a bath. Maybe you go read for 10 minutes. Maybe you pray. Maybe you meditate. Um, But if you notice yourself always upset and always interacting with your stepkids or your spouse and you're mad and always like anxious or high energy, you know, people don't receive that very well and they're not going to listen. So maybe you need to get yourself in a headspace where you're just calmer. And I think that's a really good way to cope with High emotions? Yeah. Do you have any... What do you do when you're feeling super, like, upset? Um, I usually like, isolate myself. I usually isolate myself and just kind of talk away from it or pray it away. Or I just... I find other things to do. I get myself away from the situation, and I usually calm down. And I cool down pretty quickly. Really? Yeah. Oh, well, okay. Last one, because this is something that I actually do, and you're going to totally laugh. Mm-hmm. But, like, give yourself pep talks, you know? I think self-talk is so... Do you talk out loud about it? Sometimes. Do you? Sometimes I'll look in the mirror and I'll be like, you can do this. You know, sometimes... Do you ever pat yourself on the back? No. Oh. But sometimes, you know, when I don't want to run in the mornings, I I look in the mirror and I'm like, you've done it every morning before. You can do it. Do you tell yourself this out loud? Yeah. I don't ever hear you doing this. Well, the bathroom door shut. <laughs> You're asleep. But, you know, <clears throat> it matters. Like, I will tell you the mornings I've done that and I've been like, you're strong, you're capable, you can do this. Your body, like, receives that and you physically show up. I'm here. I've been... <laughs> I'm serious. I see this as like... But positive self-talk and pep talks, if you're going to go... You know, you're going to go to a situation and the ex is going to be there and that's really uncomfortable for you. You know, I tell yourself that you're strong. You can do this. It is an hour of your life, like not a big deal. Like sometimes you have to pep talk yourself in and out of situations and you totally can do that. And it's not hard. You know, you tell yourself enough, you know, oh, I remember the second thing I was going to say before. (laughs) Good. I started the show. You get to finish okay, it. Okay. So the last, okay, seriously, last thing about coping is, and this is when Eric was talking before was feelings follow actions. So if you don't want to show up for something because it's boring and it is a waste of your time and you don't enjoy it and you'd rather be shooting, putting bamboo shoots up your wazoo. No, you're under your fingernails. Is that a thing? It is. It's a form of torture in other countries. Again, movies, you guys. <clears throat> movies only. So, um, and bamboo shoots. Yeah, but like if you start doing the things and showing up and you are, your actions are such that you're putting yourself out there for your stepkids, for your spouse, it softens you to it. Where you start, you don't hate it as much. You know, people are so appreciative that you get a positive response. And you'll notice the more good you do for your family and for your stepkids and for your spouse, the more positivity you put out there, the nicer you are, the kinder you are. You know, you will find your heart, even if you're faking it a little bit at first, you know. Fake it till you make it. You don't want to be there, but you go. And you smile, even though, like I said, you'd rather be doing anything else. You will find that you start softening to the situation, to your stepkids, to, you know, the hardness of just not wanting it, not wanting to be there. And I think that's a underutilized coping mechanism that people don't understand. Like sometimes you just have to put your best foot forward and the feelings will follow eventually. That's great advice. 
So that's it. That's it, you guys. I'm spent. She is done and over it. You know what, you guys? If you have more blended family topics you want to talk about, I just came up with hygiene, blended family hygiene. But Dude. if you guys have a better topic than that, <laughs> write in, DM us, message us, let us know because your topics are probably better than the one that and I just And yes, go Dodgers. I'm recording opening night right now. It started at 7. I can't wait. Thanks. I heard about Mookie. My friend messaged me earlier and he says, is Julie excited about Mookie? Or she, What'd you say, Chris? He asked me if you... Is Julie excited, excited about Mookie? I said, Julie loves a good Mookie. And then I remembered it was an Urban Dictionary silly thing that I made up. Oh, my gosh. And then he so said, go no. Dodgers. Yes. I can't Anyways, wait to go no. turn the game on. Okay. Well, you guys, thank you for tuning in with us. Being a part of our blended family, keeping our topics going, all the writing in that you do. We just appreciate you guys. Leave that thumbs up. <laughs> subscribe, like, message Julie. Sorry, we're kind of off tonight. We're always a little off, right? Blended family life, you guys. <laughs> Look forward to next week of hygiene. Bye, you guys. <laughs>